Those are the dulcet tones of Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli, and this is Fangraphs Audio. This edition of Fangraphs Audio begins with an announcement by Dane Perry that he has just concluded evacuating his bladder and, if one can believe it, goes downhill from there. Indeed, my guest on this episode of the pod is veteran baseball writer Dane Perry. After exchanging pleasantries, Mr. Perry and I discuss baseball in the 1980s. The attentive reader slash listener will have noticed that on Knockgraphs, I've posted recently about a book called A Baseball Winter, edited by sports writers Terry Pluto and Jeffrey Newman. Baseball Winter is a chronicle of the 1984-1985 offseason. And what follows, we put Dane Perry's advanced age to good use. And I ask him about such names as Bruce Suter, Andre Thornton, and Don Assey. That's double A, S E, Assey. After spending some time in the 1980s, we turn to the topic of Moneyball the film, which turns out Dane has not seen. We discuss briefly Woody Allen's film A Midnight in Paris, which it turns out I have not seen. And at some point along the way, Dane Perry learns that his team, the St. Louis Cardinals, has signed Coy Hill, after which moment the listener will notice the sounds of whimpering on the other end of the line. It's Dane Perry, it's terrible, it's Fangraphs Audio, and it begins right now. The Great Dane. How you doing? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Look Fair at this. Look at what's happening, else, huh? right? Look at what's happening, huh? Just talking on what, the... Uh, what the fuck did you say to me? <laughs> All right. Good start. Yeah. Absolutely. How you doing, well, man? I'm doing fine, man. How are you? Good. How'd the, Good, holi- great, how'd, great. How'd the holidays go for you? Uh, they were great, yeah, yeah. We uh, we holidayed, yeah. Down in uh, Nebraska. Yeah, we went to Nebraska uh, for... Uh, As the crow flies. Yes. Boy, does that crow fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the listener will not realize it, because I'm subtle, but I was just finishing up a urination, as you call it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just finishing up. I hear it now. No, that's the. I'm washing my hands because I'm not a. I'm not a Neanderthal. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well. 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 Oh well. man, you c- sucking motherfucking <laughs> piece of shocking c- and eat c- motherfucker. How are you doing? I'm doing How good, Dane. Yeah, oh, great, great. This is so liberating. Great. It's so liberating talking to you. It is. Yeah, and if the listener's not aware, uh, my guest on this episode of yeah. Fangraphs Audio, as he is on many Tuesdays, is veteran baseball writer, stay-at-home dad, and... Uh, and uh, Book author, I forgot to say that. Oh, yeah, book author, right. Usually say that for me. Um, yeah, right. Um, yeah. Author of Reggie Jackson, The yeah. Life and Thunderous Career of Baseball's Mr. October. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, actually... Uh, I think that calls for a drink. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm what, gonna what are you working with here. today? What are you working with? Uh, I just picked up some uh, McSorley's Irish Black Lager. Oh, okay, right. Well, yeah. yeah. I actually, uh, I have their yeah. Black Irish Lager. So, uh, yeah? That yeah. sounds worse. 
Right. Well, uh, it has Sha- Shaquille O'Neal on the cover. Oh, not Troy O'Leary? No, right. Not Troy, not Troy O'Leary, right. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, no, in fact, yeah. and uh, I will tell you right now that I'm working with uh, Founders, uh, Founders uh, Brewing Ale, their Scotch-style ale. Oh, okay. Out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Wow. Oh, Michigan. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's good oh. stuff. A curious thing about Grand Rapids, though, um, and in fact, I'll tell you right now that my... Is uh, not a Grand nor Rapid? No, I think, well, I can't answer to that, but I can tell you <laughs> that the uh, my brother-in-law lives there. Ah, and okay. so And also so does a bunch other of my wife's family. And uh-huh. so I've found myself there occasionally, and... Uh, well, I'll first, I'll first of all say that the downtown is really nice, uh, or near the downtown, wherever wealth. They literally have a place called Wealthy Ave, and Wealthy Ave is actually, uh, it's a nice Wealthy area. Wealthy Ave, or maybe Wealthy Street. Wow, that's pretty transparent. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, okay. And and there's actually some nice stuff in that area. I'll also say this, uh, with regard to Grand Rapids, is that there are many. Uh, Calvinists there. And, oh, God, they're the worst. Right, yeah. but here's the thing. Yeah. I didn't realize, yeah. um, growing up almost exclusively in uh, New England, yeah. in the Northeast, I did not realize that Calvinism was still a thing. I literally, yeah. I thought yeah. it ended in the 18th century. No, no. They but there, are, uh, yeah, there are real Calvinists out there, though. Yeah, they're the ones who really believe it's all written on the wall. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. But I will say yeah. there is a school there. Maybe it's called um, – well, I might be getting this wrong, but I think there's a school there called Calvin College. I think it's called Cal- Calvin College. And they have they actually have uh, – it's a Calvinist school, I, um, whatever the one is I'm thinking of. But they actually have a really great uh, online uh, theological library. And it, oh, okay. it transcends um, it transcends denominations. So, for example, um, there is a nice translation of uh, Saint Ignatius's um, spiritual exercises on it uh, that one can get for free. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm just talking up a storm, though. Yes, yes, yes. Oh boy. Hey, listen. Something I want like but I wanted to ask you something because you are um, considerably older than I am. Considerably, yes. Yeah, and uh, I recently. You want to say hi to, you know, in the interest of uh, hot smash radio. Yeah. I'm gonna let my kids say hi here. Okay, yeah, this is good. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Oh, oh, how you doing, man? Thank you. How about that? Huh? What she? What did he say? He said, "I love you." <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. He this said is... hi and I love you. Yeah. Right. He's emotionally available. <laughs> he does apparently. Oh man, he's yeah. gonna get so hurt. He is. Uh, yeah, that's just for the ladies. I told him you're a lady. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's all right. It's uh, not too far off. The um. Chirpy voice. What yeah, I want to yeah. say is this. Yeah, um, back to that. Yeah. I'm reading yeah. a book edited by um, it's Terry Pluto, who currently yeah. writes for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and uh-huh. another writer named Jeffrey Newman who uh, wrote a great book about the. Uh, uh, ABA, Terry Pluto. The ABA. Uh, oh, the, ba- yeah. the American, American Basketball? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, it's right. Called, it's called Balls? No, that's Kirk Nettles' book. What's it called? No, lo- like Loose Balls or something maybe? Loose Balls, yeah, that's it, yeah. Right, and um, 
Uh, and I'm not familiar with that. I, I also am uh, familiar a little bit, though, with Weaver on Strategy. Um, yes, I like that book, yeah. And he wrote that, too. Um, so, oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. What do you know? Yeah, and but uh, so this book is really fascinating because it's really um, it, it's sort of all the things that the modern baseball nerd would be interested in, except taking place during the off season between 1984 and 1985. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a daily account, uh, or chronicle of that off season. So you have you know, right. it's like yep. written as a diary entry, but it's it's just before. So I was born in 1979, so it's just before. Or, or like just at the very beginning of like my awareness of baseball. Okay. Okay. Uh, but some names. So for example, one um, player who, who um, figures prominently in the book, at least through the first nine chapters, is Andre Thornton. Yeah. You remember Indians. that? Yeah. You remember that yeah. name? Targeting DH for the Indians. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and kind of outspoken too about uh, sort of union type things. Uh, yeah. Also had a really tough life. Uh, he grew up. Um, I think he was raised in the south, but then moved up north, and had a tough time as a young black man. And then also, I think when uh, maybe he was just like like a year or two before this book was published, or, or before the sort of uh, 84 or 85 off season, his um, he was driving in a van uh, and went off the road, and his wife and child died. They were in the van with him. Well, I was going to make a van joke mid-semester, but I'm glad I held off to finish Very that, good. Yeah. Very good that yeah. you did not do that. That's I mean, you're, no one thinks you have anything like moral fiber, but that sure. would be yeah. – you would be going yeah. – you'd be below replacement level in terms that of – That would have been, yeah, yeah. Moral fiber. I mean, fiber. I, I would have uh, – yeah. I, Andre Thornton could have taken his fist and smashed my face for saying that. Yeah, yeah. he would have done that. But what do you yeah. what do you remember about Andre Thornton besides – I mean, is it just power hitting DH for the for the Indians? Yeah, you know, I, it's like you know, I was uh, I was uh, obviously pre personal statistical revolution in those days, so I don't you know I don't have much sense of like numbers as they happened at the time. I just remember, wow, that guy can hit, you know, wow, look how hard he hit the ball, you know. So I think that's, that's what he did. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that, I think that he was not bad and not great and was. Yeah, I have a feeling he was, you know, kind of. Uh, uh, you know, maybe like a, oh, I don't know, maybe a uh, a rich man's Glen Allen Hill or something. I don't know. Yeah. That sounds, yeah, that sounds about right. He actually, uh, yeah. he he made a lot of contact, although contact rates were higher then, or strikeout rates were lower, is what I mean yeah, to say. But, right. yeah, yeah, so, but he, that's, it's strange because he appears to have played, or, you know, like, he appears to have figured prominently in the sort of late 70s and early 80s, and had certainly had a reputation as a quality hitter. Uh, but professional I, hitter I, even? What's that? Professional yeah. hitter even? Well, by definition, yeah. I mean, he was yeah. compensated yeah. for yeah, hitting sure. the ball, right? But, yeah. but yeah. Um, I, I had never heard the name. I remember. I mean, my earliest memories of the those Indians teams um, are um, Corey Snyder. Yeah, oh, yeah, Corey Snyder and Joe Carter back in those days. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey oh. Snyder. And then another a white guy, maybe uh, Brooks or something. Hubie, Hubie Brooks. Brooks Jacoby. Brooks, Brooks Jacoby. Jacoby. Right, right, right. Brooks Jacoby. Yeah, yeah I don't know if they, any uh, of those guys were good. I confuse him and Pat Tabler all the time for some reason. Oh. Yeah, similar haircuts maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So that so that was one. I also um, Thornton was talking about the lack of attendance 
at, at uh, whatever, Cleveland Municipal Stadium in those days. Um, and this is actually not very long before the movie Major League came out, so that's kind of that, ah. that era. Yeah. And uh, in that season, in 1984, they averaged, less, uh, they averaged about 9,000 people per game, the Indians. See, I would absolutely love to live in a baseball town like that for a year, you know. For what reason? You just go to the game and there's nobody there. That would be awesome. Well, have you been to an A's game recently? I've never been to an A's game. That right. that is uh, very similar to what an A's game. Yeah, is. yeah. I've never, never uh, been in an environment like that. I'm sort of a uh, you know follow the scene type of guy, you know. So I've never really been uh, in an environment like that. Kind of like you mean like just like disingenuous, kind of capitalizing on. No, just because you know people want to be around me, so I want to be around people, you know. No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that I'm familiar with that concept. I didn't know it it applied yeah. to you directly. Oh, you f- yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is your kid right there still? No, he's in the next room, so I can cuff. Okay. The yeah. um, I mean, he can he can probably hear me, but you realize that you create a lot of work for me when I have to insert the the sensor beeps on this thing. I have plausible deniability because he's in the other room. Okay. You know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I mean, I just, I like the sensor, you know? No, I know you do. Um, yeah. Another name, well, okay, so here's a couple other things. I was looking, um, in this offseason, the Braves signed a a very clearly declining Bruce Suter yep. to yep. a six-year contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to a six-year contract. To, I mean, he, with the amount of money they paid him, because I think a marginal win... It's worth about yeah. a, th- a third of a million dollars at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would have had to – now, obviously, relief pitchers are overvalued. I mean, they're still overvalued, still overpaid. But he would have had to have been worth 20 wins above replacement to justify the contract. Yeah. He was worth yeah. – do you want to know how much he was worth over the life of his contract? <laughs> Negative. Uh, very close. <laughs> 0.2 wins above okay. replacement. Yeah. His, uh, his probably win- about what Lynn Barker uh, gave the Braves as well. Who's so. Le- who's Lynn Barker? Uh, if memory serves, he threw a uh, either a perfect game or a no hitter for the Indians, and the Braves pretty much based on that signed into a very hefty contract, and it blew up. Right basically. now, so yeah. you, so you are so you must be somewhat aware of a baseball fan as kind of like these are sort of the early days of free agency. And it seems yeah, like... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you know, you're about 10 years in at that point, but still, people still had no idea about, you know, like, oh, well, this guy this guy might not repeat this for the next seven, eight years, you know? The contracts were like, like Don Assey? Don, <laughs> Don Assey. It, it's Aussie, but that's a much better pronunciation than what you... Well, I'm going Assey on this one. Yeah, that's... that's at least that's, that yeah. describes the contract to which he was signed. <laughs> Don Assey... Um, was signed in that off season to a four-year contract worth 2.6 million dollars, which uh-huh. that, which would have necessitated him to produce, I don't know, yeah. um, three, six, yeah. eight wins over those four years, which is not crazy. However, he was, I think he was 30, 32, and had literally been out for a year and a half, and had only come back in the June prior, and they signed a relief right. pitcher to that sort of contract. <laughs> Who signed into that? Was that the Angels? That was the Orioles. The Orioles. Okay. I know he's an Angel at some point, but yeah. the Orioles. The Orioles also signed a 33-year-old Fred Lynn to a five or six-year contract. Oh man, I loved Fred Lynn. Yeah. Fred Lynn was actually 
I mean, if he had been paid reasonably, he still produced, I think, 10 wins over the next five seasons. He had a, he had a Hall of Very Good career. Yeah, he had a nice career. Right, and I, I guess it's like, rookie, you know? I guess it's yeah. tough because his, like, his best career was his first career, or is his first season? Yeah. Or the best yeah. season was his first season. And so, so you think of him as, like, in a perpetual state of decline. But, yeah, he was good, and I, I don't remember, I don't, I don't know about his, him My older sister had a huge crush on him. That's how old I am. Your older sister had a huge crush on Fred Lynn. Yes. Who debuted yeah. in 1947, it looks like. Yes, 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 yeah. uh, just after he got back in the war. Right, right, yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. No, so Fred, yeah, Fred Lynn was, uh, was really good, and he had some crazy seasons with the Red Sox. Uh, yeah. Obviously, his rookie season was quite good. Quite good. Uh, he also had a nine-win season in 1979, which is quite good. Um, right. I I'm, saw him play. I don't need your stats. Okay, no, that's fine. I no, actually, I actually saw him hit a home run live in Baltimore. Uh, same game I saw George Brett hit a home run. Yeah, I was a uh, family trip to Baltimore. We went to Memorial Stadium, and uh, a guy who looked strikingly like Chuck Norris and had no shirt on uh, got in a fight about two rows above us and got ejected. And that's in the old Baltimore Stadium. Yeah, Memorial Stadium. Yeah, pre-Cannon Yards. Right. Yeah. yeah. That well, must have been. I mean, I, I vaguely remember the sort of period. Cause I, I forget. I forget when Cannon Yards was built, but it was early '90s, some point. I think it was. I think it was '92, maybe. Okay. Yeah. But basically, some all the stadiums were crap. Section. They were basically all crap before then. Yeah, I mean, you know. Multi-purpose. I mean, multi-purpose cookie cutter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, except for Bush, that was great. Yeah. Bush was nice. Uh, you know they did as much as they could with that layout. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest so. error was the destruction of Tiger Stadium, probably, because Tiger Stadium was. Yeah, and I never got to go. You did. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's a huge baseball disappointment. Yeah, because uh, I have a feeling that would be my favorite. What's going on there? Uh, he's making a siren sound. Oh, okay. Is he? Um, he's a child of the city, you know. That's what he knows. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. is that uh, is he used to that for the sort of uh, police police calls to, at the Perry household for the domestic disputes or? Yeah, uh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes things get a little out of hand. If I were your wife, I'd abuse you. Yeah, well, you know, maybe I'm into it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see, what else about this? Um, Ted Turner, does he play a prominent role? Ted Turner, yeah. Well, he seemed to be like a real... Uh, I mean, he's still alive, right? Now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's still alive owns, and vigorous and healthy. Yeah. He still owns the Braves. He was coconuts. Yeah. Uh, but he was very... Uh, he, uh, he was very involved in the in the public face of the Braves then, it seemed like. Oh, yeah. That, that's like the team... Uh, I mean, I was not a Braves fan, but like the only... We had TBS and... Uh, I probably watched, you know, a hundred Braves games a year growing up. So right. I remember the awful. I mean, he would do stuff like uh, <clears throat> they had like a promotion where they had like a giant salad in a bowl in the field, and they threw car keys in it, and had like fans go through the salad bowl trying to find the car keys. It was it was like a, it was like a swimming pool full of salad and dressing and croutons. That's gross. That's so gross. And they had people going through trying to find the car keys to get the free car. Oh yeah. Yeah. So when they had did, like a mass wedding on the diamond and then a wrestling match before the game. 
it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, he was kind of Vecchian. I'm not even calling. Right, but when, so when did he sort of uh, step step out of um, the sort of limelight? Was it? I mean, was there like a a specific event, or was it just gradual? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe after he managed that one game, you know. He managed uh, the game. He managed the game. Yeah, he made himself the manager for one game, and uh, just for fun. Hard. I mean, he was still pretty prominent in their early '90s run because you'd always see him and James Fonda in the stands. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I guess it was until he sold the team. You know. Wait, he said he did sell the know. team. Yeah, yeah. He did. Liberty Media's kind of owned them. Uh, as far as I know, they still do. Oh, okay. Several all, years. Right, all right, all right. Yeah. yeah. Um. <clears throat> Which, uh, you know, baseball needs Ted Turner. Because he was just, he was bananas, you know? Yeah, yeah, he sounds, yeah. He sounds it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he does he does play prominently. There's a lot of discussion as well. Oh, well, two points regarding the Braves, uh, besides the suitor signing. There's a lot of talk about Bob Horner. Oh, Bobby. Oh, Bobby Chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, a, a power hitter, but uh, he, he, in this one, he's he's injured. There's a there's a, a, a wrist injury that's threatening his 1985 season, and I haven't taken yeah. the, the time to look it up, his 1985 season. I, I'm going to guess it didn't go well because Dr. Frank Job uh, had, had very little good to say about that. Uh, yeah. Well, now that I look it over, he played. He had 540. Yeah, Bob Horner. He could knock the crap out of the ball. Yeah, he. Uh, if I, if memory serves, he went straight from college to the majors. Is that right? Not, Is that right? Yeah, if I'm not, I could be wrong about that, but I think that's the case. But he had, yeah. uh, I guess, injury plagued career. That would be fair to say. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, never quite. Uh, I think he played in Japan for a while and had a stint with the Cardinals at the end of his career. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Bob, Bob Warner. Yeah, well, this is fun. Yeah. This is a. Uh, I, I like, the, again, these names that are just like at the very beginning of my awareness. Right. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. also another one. Um, the. That's how I am with Boiler Yard Clark. <laughs> at the very. Uh, so the the Braves had a deal in place for Jim Rice. But, oh, I didn't know that. But they yeah. didn't want to give him. Uh, they didn't. It was for Steve Bedrosian. They would have been giving up. Bedrock. Bedrock. And uh, additionally, someone with the name Kominsk. Brad Kominsk. Brad Kominsk. He was, uh, <laughs> he was like the second coming. He was like the can't miss guy who like missed worse than Greg Jeffries. Yeah, he was just Brad Kominsk was like the shit. I'm gonna give you another chance there to beat me. Yeah. Uh, the fits here. Yeah. But yeah, he was uh, uber prospect. Yeah, didn't pan out. Right. He did not pan out. Not uh, even a little bit. No, no, no. It turns out not at yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. And they and so and they missed out on uh, on at least a couple of good more seasons from from uh, yeah. from Jim Rice. Yeah. Anyway, all all, uh, yeah, all interesting to me. Uh, it, it's in it. I I will I can suggest this book. I'm putting it like top five baseball books I've ever read. I mean, it's up there for me with dollar, oh. dollar sign the muscle. It's just it's just it it's great to read and especially um looking at it. Through the lens of kind of the modern understanding of the game, and in trying to, you know, approaching their what you know the sort of what they had to work with in terms of their player evaluation. Um, yeah. And and you know you, it's sort of I mean this is only twenty year twenty five years ago I guess but it's kind of the wild west I guess as as far as baseball analysis is concerned. Um, yeah. yeah. But you do sense that some teams have an idea of what they're doing. Like I I don't know. His entire legacy, 
but Mets GM Frank Cashin in this offseason yeah. makes trades both for Gary Carter and Howard Johnson, who ended up. Yeah, I mean Cashin, you know, has a to this day I think has a pretty good reputation because he obviously built those great Mets teams. Right. Yeah, and uh, in in it's actually kind of interesting because the game. Uh, or the the book overlaps with the sort of with the beginning of Dwight Gooden's career, who yeah, was uh, yeah. really good at baseball. Yes, yes, he really good. Yes, he was. Yeah, his his rookie season was uh, yeah like nothing I've ever seen to this day. Yeah, is that true? Even yeah. watching Pedro Martinez pitch? I you know I would say like Pedro in two thousand ninety nine probably came the close anybody is, is watching good well i mean part of what was so amazing my goodness like you know this guy is just absurdly young and he's doing this you know? right right right. yeah and, and, and you know another similar to pedro is like he just didn't look like an athlete you know he looked like a guy you know you could maybe take in a fight you know not that i'm not suggesting i could take him in a fight no not now not never sort of, never never uh not even not even when he's in the grave no. take him in a fight no so. but uh yeah so yeah, Gooden's rookie year was just uh, something else. Mid '80s, that was great, man. Yeah, good time. Take me back, Carson. Take me back. I know I'm trying yeah. to. Well, I hope uh, yeah. ne- next week. Next week we'll go. We'll go through the same thing. Endure the same thing. You say go through like that in that sense. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah. I also wanted to bring up with you, Dane. I I almost had uh, was going to talk about actual sort of uh, current baseballing events with you, but then I. I made sure that uh, to avoid that. Nobody needs to hear me talk about that. No, no, no. Except for the big signing today, uh, the Cardinals, Koi Hill. <laughs> you know, I, I, first I'm hearing of it. Yeah. Well, I'm reporting it. Yeah. This is uh, breaking news. Yes, yes. Um, I, I hope he is firmly planted in Memphis. Yeah. That's what I have to say about All right, Well, there you go. Yeah. Koi Hill is on your team now, so there you are. Give it up, Brian Anderson. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe, well, how do you feel, I think, was it Mike Matheny? Is he your manager now? Handsome Mike Matheny, you Handsome mean? Handsome Mike Matheny, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is, do you think, do you think a, he'll uh, take to, uh, will he take to Brian Anderson? You know, he's always been an advocate of Anderson, because uh, he worked with him quite oh, okay. a bit. So I think, uh, I mean, you know, I'm not deluded about what Brian Anderson is. I mean, he's a uh, left-handed hitting catcher who can tread water. I don't think he's like, you know. An overlooked superstar by any means, but right. it'd be nice to have a uh, a left-handed backup catcher who can sort of kind of hit for a change. And who was it this so, past year? Uh, Gerald Laird, and you know. Okay, yeah. Before that, uh, uh, oh god, I've already forgotten his name. The guy who uh, had to quit because of a concussion from the fight in Cincinnati. Oh right, Jason Lurie. Jason yeah, Lurie, yeah. right, right, right. So yeah, it's been a long, it's been a conga line of catchers who can. If you will. Him. Yes, yes. If yes. you will. A veritable one, yeah. A, uh, Cody Hill. Okay, hey, yeah. l- listen, we're, we're almost sort of towards the uh, the point where uh, you become uninteresting to people. But I wanted to bring... <laughs> What's that? What's that? Oh, no. I did want to uh, note, though, and, and I think it makes sense to do it with you. I was, I was not about to talk about it with Dave Cameron. But over the break, I saw Moneyball. I am, yeah, I've yet to see it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thoughts? Uh, well, uh, I liked it. No spoilers. I, <laughs> I liked it, but I, I don't. I, I don't think uh, there was quite a bit of noise when it came out in theaters. There was quite a bit of noise about it, uh-huh. and especially in the context of baseball. <coughs> but I don't think it's. I mean, it's a movie that concerns baseball, but I don't really. Th- I think if you're looking at it t- to understand baseball at all, 
or for to say something about baseball, you shouldn't. Um, you're you're being misled. It's a good story. Yeah. If well, you're looking for accurate I'd, I'd portrayals, like yeah. any uh, full frontal action at any point. Actually, uh, one one thing I can recommend about it is that there was no um, there was no love interest. No. Which is kind of unique. I, it's sort of, you know, it's obviously it's part of a uh, the formula for Hollywood films. There's uh, his ex-wife, uh, Billy Bean's ex-wife, and there's the mm-hmm. d- the daughter plays a more prominent role. Uh, I mean, a, a role at all, which is more uh, prominent than the book. But you know, no like hate sex or anything. No, no, uh, I don't no. think so. There's a lot of. Uh, the desk. There's a lot of there's a throwing of furniture, even more so than in the book. Oh, okay. Uh, it's uh, kind of fun. Uh, throwing chairs. Yeah, yeah, right. But uh, yeah. Uh. no, I I I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it because I could watch it with my wife, and ah. uh, and she she enjoyed it, and uh, does she find Brad Pitt uh, easy on the eyes? I don't. I mean, who doesn't? True. Yeah. I mean, it's you don't bad, even yeah. have to. You know, it. It's a beautiful creation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. he's doing yeah. a good job. Yeah. There with the face and this stuff. Yeah, he's he's got a uh, got a good face. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the other movie we would have watched. I, uh, we were visiting my sister in Brattleboro, Vermont. The other movie we could have watched that night was Midnight in Paris, the newest Woody Allen film. I I really like that movie. You did well. In fact, yeah. Callie and I yeah. uh, we weren't able to see it that night, but we rented it. And we were about we're literally about to watch it as this is uh, happening. Highly recommended. Yeah. Right. Anything? I, uh, uh, what, what about I it? I like Woody Allen, but I think he's very hit or miss. Well, he's but, been he's uh, been a lot of miss the yeah, last ten years. No, this is uh, this is uh, yeah. No, I, movie I, movie of his that I like. I'm trying to remember the last movie I liked of his more than this one. I, you know, I might have to go back to like Crimes and Misdemeanors or something. That far? I I'll tell you, um, the last movie of his that I thought was like a real Woody Allen film was Deconstructing Harry. That was that was. Fantastic. I think that movie is fantastic. Yeah, I, I liked it, but it wore on me after a while. All right. Well, we're you know we're different. Some would say. Yeah. Some would say. But the guy yeah. who plays Hemingway in uh, Midnight in Paris is. Who's that? Quite good. What's that? Oh, I don't know his name. He's yeah. like some. Oh, just some actor. Fairly known guy. One of those actors, huh? Yeah. One of those I actors. think it was uh, Montgomery Clift. Right, but I'm I'm looking. Yep. Yeah, and I'm not a I I didn't care for Match Point, which some consider to be the. The sort of didn't see it. Oh, you didn't. I think some yeah. people consider that to be sort of the 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 start of the new Allen period. You know, he went because ah, okay. he went through a tough tough time. But I I never I didn't care for it. Have you seen? Uh, I can't remember if it's the other woman or another woman. It's one of those two titles. Oh, the, like, uh, yeah. This is from a while ago. Yeah, Jenna Rollins, like the seventies, probably. Yeah, I I'm I I think I have. I've seen. I'm pretty sure That's I've seen. One of my favorite ones. Yeah. Really? It's dramatic. It's not a comedy. But yeah. No, yeah. I, pre- I mean, I'm pretty sure I've, I've watched his entire... Does it have uh, What's-Her-Butt in it? Mia Farrow? I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gina Rollins. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen yeah. that, but I, I don't remember it very well now. It's probably been 10 years or so. So. That's one of your yeah. favorites. That's the one you pick, huh? I, you know, I'm not going to say that is my absolute favorite Woody Allen one, but it's the one... That not many people talk about that I like a lot. Oh, so this I'm is the one about. where the one woman can hear the she can hear the uh, uh, other people meeting with their uh, shrink. That sounds right. Okay. 
I, mean, I haven't seen it in 15 years. I just remember liking it a lot. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that out. That's good. That's yeah. important information. Yeah. So as long as uh, the listener knows, Dane Perry liked this movie 15 years ago. Yes. Yes, yeah. I did. Good. Yes, I did. That's good. We yeah. nailed that down. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, okay, yeah. Dane Perry. Uh, I think that's going to be it. Did you have anything? Uh, do you have any? I, you know, I didn't ask. I mean, do you have anything to sort of uh, you wanted to bring up or anything like that? Uh, no. Everybody needs to make love tonight, you know. Oh beautiful man, night. tell me about beautiful it. Night in America. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. What'd you call it? Yeah. Beautiful night in America. So make love, make love to somebody special tonight. Yeah. I thought you said midnight in America, which I thought was a sort of clever problematization of the uh, the old Reagan saw morning in America. Ah, it's it's always midnight in America, Carson. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. If you're with Dane Perry, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In that uh in that Dane has always had just a little bit too much scotch. A little too much. Whenever yep. you see him. Yep. Scotch makes it midnight. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh uh say hello to your uh lovely wife and uh uh mostly yeah. um well, I don't know how to put this politely. Yeah. Mostly well. not dis- disabled son. Yeah. You could do that. <laughs> I don't know. Mostly mostly able. Yeah. Yeah, it's that that, that mule kicked him in the head. Yeah, well, the same. Yeah. I, you know, well, yeah. how it is. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, today it's been uh, nice to talk to you, and uh, and we'll get this going again next Tuesday. You know what I'm going to do because I'm a nice guy? What? I'm going to spare you my final profanity. Okay. I'm, I'm not just going to say, uh, hey, it's good to be with you. Okay, that's Dane Perry. I'm Carson Sestouli, and this has been another episode of Fangraphs Audio. All right, man. Yeah, well. Just making radio.